So uh, today our focus is going to be on uh, skin conditions that we see in an infant and how a lot of them can look relatively similar, um, but they may come from very different causes. Um, this is a picture of a child with, uh, of a baby with atopic dermatitis. Um, atopic dermatitis is another word for saying rash. Um, usually rashes like this are all over their body, but it's especially common in the face. Um, and most of the time, most of the time, what do you think this is from? And if you've heard me say anything, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Milk, yeah. So this is a, the hugest, most common issue that we'll see with a kid who has atopic dermatitis of this severity is some kind of a milk allergy. And we have literally seen kids with this red of a face, with redness all over the place, um, clear up in a few weeks' worth of adjustments and getting rid of dairy. Yeah? So the allergy is due to the mother's uh, milk or? No, this is due to the like, cow's milk. Uh, cow's milk, yes. Cow's milk, dairy, dairy products. Um, now, but he brings up a good point. We have had a few patients. So this is not an unusual, like a, it's not common, but it's not completely unusual. We have had a few patients who are, were actually allergic to their own mother's milk. Even after the mother got rid of dairy herself, right? So we have seen some kids who the, the parents, the mom's breastfeeding and she's drinking milk or having dairy products and they will get some kind of atopic dermatitis too. But there has been a few cases uh, over the course of you know, my career where we've seen women who actually are breastfeeding their kids, they get rid of dairy, they get rid of gluten, they get rid of everything they can think of and they're still having problems like this and the mom stops breastfeeding them, which is a shame, uh, but then it clears up. So it, it's very, it, it's odd, but it's happened, it probably has about once a year or so that I've seen this. So it's enough times that it's, it's, it's gonna be out there and you're probably gonna see it. But this is a huge thing, and what, what is usually told to people, to, uh, to parents about doing for this? What do they usually suggest? Steroid creams? Yeah, steroid creams. So they put creams. Creams are not gonna do a thing for this kid, right? This kid doesn't need more creams. What this kid needs is to get rid of the thing that's offending them in the first place, right? Which in, very most, in most cases is gonna be dairy. So that's atopic dermatitis. What? So the next slide is eczema. Hold on. Yes. 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 Super itchy. These kids, um, the kids who have atopic dermatitis are super itchy. A lot of times they're wearing gloves on their hands or mittens uh, to prevent them from scratching their own faces because they will literally cut themselves to shreds. And if you've ever had a baby in your hands and you know how sharp those little nails are, they're like little razor blades. Um, so, so yes, it is very, almost all these things are quite itchy um, to the kids. But understand that, like I showed you in the first class, I showed you like chicken pox and measles. Those are communicable, right? That those are catching, this is not catching. So if one child in the family has this, the other child won't necessarily get this you know, from them. Did you have a question? Yeah. yeah. Um, so when you're talking about the breast milk allergy, do you think it's something else that the mom's eating that they're allergic to, or is it the actual? You know, Alyssa, it's a great question. I, with a couple of these cases, we cleaned these women's diets out to almost nothing. I mean, one woman was eating essentially chicken and lettuce and celery and a few other things, and that was about it. 
So she was eating as clean as she could, and, and it just didn't matter. Uh, we just could not get anything uh, to work with this little one. Um, so eventually, the, you know, we stopped. Uh, the pediatrician actually said, why don't you just stop breastfeeding and just try? And she didn't want to, and she was very resistant. And I was trying to help her you know, continue breastfeeding. She was like, Dr. Ruben, I, I don't know what else to do. So, uh, so yeah, good question. So eczema uh, looks very similar to atopic dermatitis. So this is why it's a tough differential. Uh, if you see eczema, uh, a lot of times eczema is for the same, it has, it's essentially the same basic reasoning as uh, why they get the atopic dermatitis. Is for, usually it's from a dairy product or something like that. Often with eczema, you see eczema is a little bit different because it's a lot more scaly, right? Where the dermatitis is a lot redder, right? The eczema is a lot more scaly. Um, so that's, a, a, that's a, like a big differential in what's happening with that child. But it still might be coming from the same thing. It could be coming from a dairy allergy. Uh, and a lot of times you'll see kids, um, we'll see kids with what they call the cow's milk allergy triad, which is three things. They're going to have ear infections, they're going to have colic, and they're going to have eczema. So they'll have those three things. These little babies will have those three things because it affects the GI system, the skin, and the immune system. So those three things are going to be affected. And that's how I usually, in kids, that's how I usually see it. We usually see it as a, in a combination kid has eczema. You see the kid walk into the office and there he is with poor kid stuff all over his face. I already know the kid probably has ear infections, probably has got some tummy issues, probably is on dairy products, right? Um, a lot of women are resistant to, if they are um, giving their kids formula, they're resistant on giving them soy formula. So what I usually tell them is just step up a couple of notches up from the whatever formula you're at to the highest level formula you can afford. Because <clears throat> um, every formula has a number of different levels up. Um, and if that doesn't work, then they really should consider switching to soy. And, that, and there's all this argument, oh, soy this and soy that. First of all, nothing's been proven. Yes, soy is phytoestrogens, but nothing's been proven about how absolutely horrible, terrible it is. And we got it, the kids gotta eat, right? And I'd rather the kid eat and have nicer skin and not be uncomfortable and have soy for a year, and then you can never give the kids soy again, then have the kid just be uncomfortable for a whole year, or if not more, because they're allergic to dairy you know, products. So that's how I usually frame it. But that's the big difference between the atopic dermatitis, which is much redder and much like oozier, like the, it kind of looks like it's, it's wet, versus eczema, it looks a lot drier and a lot scalier and flakier. Now this is hives. <clears throat> hives comes from when a kid is having an allergic reaction to something. Now that allergic reaction could be something as simple as uh, something that the child ate. Usually it's different than the norm, right? Because hives is something where it's an immediately different thing. So this is like exposure to something new. If a mom brought a baby in like this with these kind of hives where you see it's bumpy and red, uh, I would say, well, what if you feed, what was new? What was the new thing you just get? Like probably the kid just started eating something. Oh, maybe he just had, you know, some, Sometimes you know the kids uh, are getting oatmeal, and instead of just getting regular, oat, you know, or regular like cereal, they're getting these ridiculous like maple nut cereals, whatever. Like, oh, it's got nuts in it. Let's. He's probably sensitive to nuts, right? So you have to think about that. It could be drugs, right? They could be allergic to penicillin. Uh, it could be allergic to Tylenol or some other kind of drug. Um, sometimes kids will get yeast infections, so it could be that they're allergic to nystatin, which is the typical drug they get for yeast. Um, so those are the things you need to, so you always ask about, okay, has he eaten anything different <coughs> recently? Is there any drugs that he's taken that's new or different, you know, recently uh, for some other, you know, ailment that we are unaware of? Yeah? 
Yeah, there's another thing I was going to say. Um, that's a very good, good point. Although you wouldn't see it on the face as much. But yes, it's a good point. Laundry detergent and dryer sheets and fabric softeners uh, are common things that cause hives. <clears throat> um, so a lot of times, especially if, like, on the face, not as much. But on the chest, on the back, you know, around the, the trunk, etc., that's a much more common place to see a laundry detergent. So that was a very good point. When they're super sensitive, uh, you just have to change what they're using. So sometimes the mom is using like uh, just a typical you know, draft or Tide or some of the typical all or whatever, and you have to tell the mom you might need a, a, like a super sensitive you know, version of whatever the, your favorite laundry detergent is. Or <clears throat> you might need to go to something like a seventh generation uh, you know, or one of cover or some of the more uh, holistic, organic, you know, kind of um, fragrance-free, chemical-free laundry detergents that are out there. I also tell uh, moms not to use any fabric softeners or any um, uh, fabric sheets, this, the dryer sheets like Bounce. Um, if you actually look at Bounce, uh, Bounce has, uh, there's one ingredient in it in particular that will take up almost the entire box in its name. So it just goes on and on and on and on and on. It's like one long little word. Um, so obviously it's, it's, a, it's chemicals and it's just junk. And I know it makes what the fabric softeners do make your clothes all bouncy and whatever. Um, but maybe you just don't have bouncy clothes uh, for the kid um, and just use something else. This is also important for the bed sheets, right? So if someone like that, I see this, it's not just the clothes, change the linens, change the bed sheets, change the crib, whatever's in the crib. Change whatever you're wearing, right? Because if you're, if you're against, if the baby's against you or the baby's in your bed, right? We gotta change that stuff too, right? So we have to think about all those different things. And this is a reaction to penicillin. <clears throat> you can see it's similar to this, right? It's hives. It's just a, it happens to be a reaction to penicillin. Um, and they have a lot of, this looks like, you could look at this and say what? If you didn't know what was going on. Uh, it could be roseola. I would think it would be worse because it's so blotchy. I would look at this and say like measles or something. Um, but this happens to be a reaction to penicillin. Um, <clears throat> so um, penicillin is usually the first line of uh, antibiotic that is a child is given when it has a quote-unquote ear infection, a theoretical ear infection, which I, I, I would beg to say that probably 70% of supposed ear infections aren't, uh, that they're probably just teething. Um, but when, when you see something like this, because we've actually had patients bring the, the kid in that looks like this, and they say, what do you think this is? What's going on? Is it because measles? I'm like, well, is anything, once again, anything new? Like, here's, here's the difference. What don't they have if they have it's a reaction to penicillin? Right, so, so look, you can look in their mouth, right? We want to look in their mouth. You have the copelic spots, right, which would be, you'd see with this, you know, kind of thing. They may not have as high of a fever if they, you know, something like this is happening. So these are the kind of things we need to look at when someone, someone's having a reaction is what else is going on with this kid. And we always ask, did they take anything, right? Did they eat anything funny? Did they take anything funny? Well, I just, you know, we went for, our, for um, you know, to get a, a checkup and the doctor said he had an ear infection, so we started giving him penicillin or amoxicillin. Amoxicillin is a penicillin derivative, right? So uh, something to, to understand about that. And this is the last one. I know it's kind of sad looking, but this can actually happen. This isn't just like a, a made up sort of thing. This is what a, this child looked like with their peanut allergy reaction. You can see this huge swollen lips. Here's the deal. If you see something like this, like someone, uh, they, they bring a child into your office that looks, 
with these really super swollen lips and you can see the, uh, the, the major swelling around his eyes and stuff like that, what is the plan for, for you? What do you say? 911. This isn't like, oh, you should probably go to the doctor. Maybe you should go. This is like 911. <gasps> you know, this is like ER emergency. This kid is about to have a serious anaphylactic reaction or is going into, because right now you can set, tell the kid's still halfway okay. But if this is swelling up, the throat's going to close down. Most likely. The, and this is why, like, even though I love the movie Hitch, right? Hitch did a real big injustice because someone who had, if you all saw Hitch, I'm sure, if, if someone who has that swollen a face, they're not sucking on Benadryl, right? So the answer isn't to throw some Benadryl, you know, and, that, and that's gonna be fine. The answer is you gotta get this kid to the ER. Even though Benadryl might be the thing that this child needs, but they need emergency, you know, life support available just in case something bad goes down. Yeah. Um, so when I was doing athletic training, they would always have us keep liquid Benadryl in the kit in case we came across somebody like this, sure. to at least get them to the ER. Sure. Um, do you feel like it's within our scope as chiropractors? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Great question, Shayla. Absolutely not to keep liquid Benadryl. And I've had other students say, should we have EpiPens in our office just in case? Absolutely not. It is way outside of our scope. Okay. Right? So even though I agree with what you're saying and I understand what you're just saying, but let's say you give the kid Benadryl and he has a reaction to the Benadryl. Right? right? Yeah. You know? So we have, so this is a great, great question, but absolutely not. You know, this is just one of those unfortunate things. So and I'll get your question in a second. Here's the, the key thing with peanuts. And as I tell all our parents, no peanuts until age two or ever if you can help it. Because a child who is like this kid, hard to say how old he is at this age because he's so puffy. But yeah, hard to say. I, I really don't know. But no kid, no, no um, peanuts until age two if you have to get. First of all, you don't ever have to get, get peanuts ever. We'll talk about this later when we talk about allergies. But no penis at least until age two, because um, if they do have a reaction, a child like this will have a lot better chance of surviving than a little kid, right? So, um, and I know that, and that also means peanut butter, right? So no peanut butter, right? And there's a lot of little snacky things that you can give kids that I see parents give them all the time, especially things out of vending machines, the little things with the crackers, the yellow fluorescent radioactive dyed looking crackers with the, with the gross looking peanut butter that comes from God knows where. Um, so that stuff is very commonly you know, used um, as snacks for kids. Uh, and I usually tell people just eat, find another snack. I'd rather give the kid goldfish. I hate goldfish, but give the kid goldfish, right? Rather than giving them something that has peanuts you know, in it. Yeah. Um, couple things. I've actually read some research that waiting to introduce peanut butter is increasing the um, Incidence of allergies, and that they're actually recommending that you introduce it earlier. Really? Um, uh, the, the, some news, newer stuff that I've been reading past okay. year and a half. Okay. Um, another thing, can you make a, going back to the Benadryl, can you make a recommendation for the parents to carry Benadryl? Like if they know that the kid has an allergy? Oh, well, it, this like good, that's a good it, question. So, a pen, it, pen, can you say, you know, it might be a smart idea to keep some Benadryl because I grew up, my little sister was uh, anaphylactic, not to peanuts, but tree nuts. Okay, yeah. Um, and there were some times where they had to make a run to. In the pharmacy, sure. Sure. Yeah, this is that's a great question. So uh, it depends on your state, uh, but in most states in the country, we can't recommend any medicine under any circumstance. I don't care what it is. Um, and uh, so you, what you might do is say you should talk to your pediatrician about what you should carry yeah, around. I mean, but can you, I mean, can you point them to like research that says? I mean, if they're, can we point them out to say? I mean, it it is not our place to talk about. Okay. 
about Fair drugs. Enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So I usually, well, I always defer to the pediatrician. You really should talk to the pediatrician about what you should do in case something you know, like this happens, first off. Second off, I haven't read the research. This, I'd like to see that research about introducing stuff earlier. But my, my thought is, even though I get what, the, what you're saying, I can see somebody saying that, my thought about introducing stuff earlier is the earlier you introduce it, the more likely they're going to have a problem reacting in their reaction. I, mean, I, I get you your know? argument that their, their chances of doing better with the reaction improve with yes. their age, but um, I have read um, a couple places that said that introducing it earlier decreases the chances of them actually having a reaction. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, don't, I haven't read that stuff, and my thought is you can live your whole life without peanuts. Why not? Right? right? If your kid's got a reaction, just, or, and if you have a reaction in your family, assume that, that your kid's gonna have a reaction. That's like a great assumption. If you're wearing one of those little things around your wrist that says, you know, I'm allergic to peanuts, then don't give your kid peanuts. Don't even try it. There's no point, and there's no point in testing it. Like, why? Why risk it, right? They can live their whole life without peanuts, and at least that's, that's, that's you know, my opinion. So I wanted to show you some of these things because this is important stuff. You're gonna, you're gonna see this kind of stuff as you go along in a pediatric practice. So I want to share some of this stuff with you.